I'd like to tell you a story. Well, actually, it's two stories. It's a story and then a story within the story. Maundy Thursday is the Thursday before Easter. And here at All Saints, for many years, we've had a tradition of having the liturgy here in the church, including the washing of feet, as Jesus did to his disciples the night before he was handed over to death. And then, of course, the celebration of the Eucharist. But that takes place downstairs in our undercroft. After what we do up here in the church, we go downstairs, and there's a long table that has a feast at it, and we celebrate Eucharist right there at the table. We make sure that children especially have a place at the table. Well, this year was the first year since 2019, the last time we had Maundy Thursday before the pandemic, that we were able to do all of these traditions and rituals. And so it was a special one for many of us. We went downstairs and I was a little bit rusty because I hadn't done this thing in many years. And I think there were some problems in some of the ways that we had our logistics around the meal. But you know, when you're having a good dinner party, that kind of stuff doesn't matter. I was able to look out and to see a long table of faithful people, young and old, people of all kinds of backgrounds, the diverse family of God gathered for a sacred meal. We broke bread together. We talked and we laughed. And then we gathered together and with a prayer came back up into the church, placed the reserved sacrament in the chapel, and then watched the stripping of the altar before the lights of the church were turned off and everyone departed in silence for their observance of the holy three days. But I want to tell you about a moment that happened in that liturgy. We were gathered together and carrying the reserve sacrament up the stairs, these janky old stairs that we have at the back of the church. And I was overcome by a sense of the holiness that was within that bread and wine. It was a kind of thing that you feel not just with your head, but with your whole body. And all of my senses were alert and awake to the fact that we were carrying the precious body, but that that body was made precious because of the people who had been downstairs sharing that meal. I really and truly understood that the Spirit of God was with us because we are just ordinary people, people who had gathered together from their own homes and circumstances in life to come together for a holy meal. And I was thinking about this story from the gospel, the way that Jesus was revealed to his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And it took on a whole other meaning for me. As we processed back up into the church, I felt transformed. I had a different and a deeper understanding of the sacrament, and more importantly, of God's presence with us and of how that happens. It is a mystery, but it's not a mystery that can't be solved. The way to solve it is simply for God's people to gather with good intentions, holiness, and to pray. To pray that these simple gifts that we are given in life be transformed into something that is beyond us something that is holy, something that lets us know that God is with us now and always.
That's my story. Well, it's actually my two stories. The gospel that we hear today is also two stories. There's the story of Jesus walking down the road to Emmaus and greeting the disciples. But then there's also the story within the story. The story that the disciples tell Jesus. The story of his own resurrection. You can see how this happens. And it's also the way that we experience Easter. You see, two weeks ago in church, we heard the Easter story. And most of you probably have heard it before. Of the women coming to the tomb in grief, only to be met with shock and awe and eventually joy as they understood that Christ had been raised from the dead, taking us with him. That's the story. But the way that we experience Easter is more than that. We experience Easter in the way that that story is embedded within our own stories of our lives. And so in these great 50 days, when we continue to celebrate Christ's resurrection, it's up to us to look for the ways that the Easter story is woven into the story of our own lives. Because that's how we truly and fundamentally understand the risen Christ within our own hearts. There are several different names for this type of narrative device that we hear in the gospel today. One of them is called an embedded narrative. Another way of saying it is simply a story within a story. Embedded narratives are all over the Bible and certainly all over the gospels. Think about it. Every time you hear Jesus telling a parable, it's within some kind of context. Usually there's a story like this. Jesus is confronted with someone who asks him a question, and then he tells a story. And then after he tells the story, we go back to the original story, except something has changed. That's how this narrative structure works. It serves several purposes. One of them is that it helps you to remember both of those stories. The same thing is happening in the gospel here. See, it's a pretty tricky thing that Luke is doing. It's a fun thing. But he's telling you the Easter story again, if that makes any sense. So you hear it again, but through a different context and with fresh ears and hearing. It makes you remember what it feels like to hear the story of Jesus' resurrection, because it's in a different context. But if you zoom out a little bit, that story within a story tells you something. You see, the disciples are transformed through the telling of the story. So it also shows us the power that the narrative of Jesus' resurrection has within our lives. That's the power of an embedded narrative like this one. It shows us how a story in and of itself has the power to transform our lives and to give us new life. And isn't that what Easter is all about? One of the most famous examples in all of literature of an embedded narrative is The Thousand and One Nights. It's also known by other titles, but you've probably heard of it before, even if you haven't read it. It's the story of the vizier's daughter, 
Her name is Scheherazade, and she's been sentenced to death. But just um, the evening before the morning when she is supposed to be put to death, she decides to tell the king a story. And the story is so overwhelmingly beautiful and enchanting that the king has no choice but to listen. As the sun comes up, and the king has been up all night listening to Scheherazade talk, she decides not to tell him the end of the story. And he has no choice but to stay her execution until the next evening when she can finish the story. Well, the next night she does the same thing, and the night after that, and the night after that, for 1,001 nights. In some versions of the story, Scheherazade has children with the king, and the children grow up as she continues to tell these stories. And over time, even those children start telling Scheherazade stories to the king. It's a wonderful example in literature of how stories and storytelling have the power even to save our lives. And if we as Christians didn't believe that, why would we gather together week after week, year after year, just to hear stories told to us. Those stories have power because they enter our lives. They become part of who we are. And over time, we see the story of the risen Christ in our own lives. That's what we mean when we say that Holy Scripture is alive and moving in the world by the power of the Spirit. It's because these stories are our story a part of us. There's a way in which this type of embedded narrative interrupts our lives. I mean, think about it. You were going about your ordinary life this spring, as was I, and then on Easter morning, hundreds of people gathered together in this church. Their lives were interrupted, and the center point of the whole thing was hearing the story of Christ being resurrected from the dead, read aloud by our own Deacon Jennifer. Our lives were interrupted, and then we partook of that same bread, that body, that I felt so deeply just a few days earlier, the power of Christ's body within us. That's what stories do to us. We have our own little narrative that's running along, and then when we hear another story, it stops everything, readjusts it, and makes us change course. That's exactly what happened to the disciples when they understood Jesus and the breaking of the bread. But only after they had told him the story of what happened to him. It was in that retelling that they too were changed. For me, this is a huge part of what this Easter season is all about. We're already two weeks into it. You might notice the flowers are pretty much gone because they have done their work. But make no mistake about it. This is still Easter, and we're going to keep going. I love the fact that Easter lasts for all of these 50 days because it gives us all of a chance to focus on how Christ is being resurrected in our own lives. His resurrection is an interruption to the story of your life. And by hearing it, you too will be transformed. 
It will be a different transformation than what you experienced last year and the year before. And God willing, it will be different from the year that is to come. But it is happening right now. Perhaps there's some way in which this story will interrupt your own life. Maybe it will help you to see God's grace in a particularly difficult situation that you are facing right now. Maybe it will help you to act differently with family or friends or in some kind of interpersonal relationship that you're struggling with at the moment. Or maybe it will help you to see the holiness in something that is as simple as a shared meal or a conversation. Tiny but profound miracles that are offered to us by the Most High each and every day. Something that can make life feel like less of a slog and like more of a miracle. Whatever it is, the story of the resurrection is alive and working in your own life story. And in this Eastertide, these holy 50 days, my prayer for all of us is that our eyes, too, just like the disciples, will be opened to see Christ in our own life stories. Amen.